Welcome to the Reimagined Church Podcast with Pastor Robert Tanner. You can listen weekly on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you prefer to listen to podcasting. You can learn more about Reimagined Church by visiting us online at reimaginedpeople.com or by downloading our app for your Apple and Android devices. Now, let's join the service for this week's message. Yes, here we are. We're we're in this um, this series, Chain Breaker, and uh, the message today, the title of this message is called "Beware of Chaldeans." Uh, just so you'll know, if you're following along and you're you're wanting to read or click, swipe, whatever it is that you do to get into Scripture, we are going to be in Acts chapter 13, and our primary place that we're going to be is Habakkuk probably someplace you never go very often, Habakkuk chapter one. So those are gonna be the two places. Uh, If you have missed last week's message, I would encourage you to go back and listen to that because last week what we did is we actually set a foundation for this series and that foundation is to help people understand that believers can indeed be in bondage. And many believers are in bondage, but they don't realize it because they don't believe that in believers can indeed be in bondage. They, don't, they indeed don't believe that. So we set a foundation for this. But what I want you to understand is that that's not something that we actually have to be afraid of. You and I don't have to be afraid of that. We just have to be a fact, aware of the fact that we can actually be in bondage. But the good news is we can also be set free. All right, uh, John eight thirty six is our primary verse for who the Son has set free is what? Free indeed. That's an amazing process and promise to us and for us. Uh, but here's what I want to tell you, and I'm thinking about this. Satan's mad about this series. He's mad about it. I'm glad about it. And the reason why I'm glad is because it is the truth that sets us free. And if we can shed the light on that, expose the light to that lie that he makes us believe that we're just stuck, then it changes everything for us. Completely changes everything. So in Acts chapter 13, I'll give you background here. Paul is actually in Antioch. Now this is not Antioch of Syria in which the Christian church is first given its name, the Christians, uh, the, this, this primary place where we see Uh, Christians being referred to for the first time. This is actually Antioch of Pisidia. Now, again, Antioch in Syria is a different place, so don't don't get confused with the two. But Paul is actually preaching a message in Acts chapter 13 about Jesus, but he actually ends this message with this caution. And I'm going to show you this caution, and most people do not ever catch what this caution is really all about because he starts making some references, and I think even to his hearers at the time that they're probably sitting there going, say what? So you and I do the same thing today. So this is what we're going to talk about. And we're going to unpack this. So Acts chapter 13, verse 40, here's what this says. Beware, therefore, lest what was spoken in the prophets. Now, when he says that, he's actually making a reference back to Habakkuk. So let me read it again. Beware, therefore, lest what has been spoken in the prophets come upon you. So this is a caution. He's telling them, this is going to happen to you. Then he quotes Habakkuk chapter one. 
And uh, uh, he quotes it, but I'm gonna read it out of Acts 13, 41. Behold, you despisers, marvel and perish, for I work a work in your day, a work which you will by no means believe, though one were to declare it to you. What he's talking about here, what he's saying is, is that God is going to become man. God has become man in Jesus. He's gonna die on the cross for our salvation because of the sins, and it's gonna be for our salvation, and he's gonna be the Messiah. And he's saying, but you're not gonna believe this even if somebody were to tell you this. And then he gives them the reason why they won't believe this. In Habakkuk, he gives them this reason. And he's telling them this. He said, because there's an enemy who's trying to blind you to the truth. That's the reason why you're not gonna believe it. Because there's an enemy who's gonna stop you from being able to see this truth. So here it is in Habakkuk 1, verse five. Look among the nations and watch. Be utterly astounded for I will work a work in your days which you would not believe though it were told to you okay what he's talking about here he's talking about Chaldeans Chaldeans are an Old Testament type of demons and we're going to talk about the actual people here in a little while as well but these enemies actually come against God's people in the Old Testament, when the Chaldeans were still around, that's what they were doing. They're constantly coming after God's people. So I want you to understand, and this is what I'm gonna unpack for you today, is that Chaldeans actually represent, for us today, demonic spirits. As I'm going through this message today, I don't want you to just think of historical context. Well, this was then. And here's some, some truths about demons today. But I want you to understand as I'm, as, as I'm going through these passages, in your mind, I want you to think spiritually. So, well, Pastor Robert is saying this, but spiritually, what's the significance that can possibly be going on in my life right now? It's imperative that you catch that. Because if you don't catch that, you're not going to understand, well, what does this mean for me? So try to put your spiritual glasses on for a second, not hyper-spiritual, but try to see things through the lens of what the passage that Paul's using in Acts 13, what he's trying to tell us, because there's a clear message for us here today. So watch this next verse, and I want you to watch how it relates to Chaldeans and demons. Habakkuk 6.1, for indeed, I am raising up the Chaldeans. Now listen to this, a bitter and hasty nation which marches through the breadth of the earth. Now, I want you to watch what they're trying to do here. To possess dwelling places, not their own. Again, last week we talked about that word possess, and it doesn't mean ownership, it simply means to gain mastery over. Remember, as believers, we cannot be owned by demons. You have been purchased with a price, your ownership belongs in one place and one place only. But what he's saying here, and understand what word possession, is that it can gain mastery over you, okay? And they can control the dwelling places. So what was Paul's hearers? Let me ask you this question. What do you think Paul's hearers in his day would have been thinking when they had gone back and read Habakkuk? See, let me tell you something. What the skeptic of Paul's day would have done is they would have said, wait a minute, there are no more Chaldeans. Paul's got to be out of his mind because they're gone. They've been gone for a long time. There aren't any more Chaldeans. 
See, what they understood is the Chaldeans had been utterly destroyed in 539 BC. As a matter of fact, if you want to read in Jeremiah 50 and 51, it says there will actually be none left at all. The Chaldeans were never again referred to as a nation or even an ethnicity again after 539 BC because they were totally destroyed. So in 539 BC, so 570 years before Paul is writing, so actually close, post close to 600 years before that, the Chaldeans are gone. And now he's telling his hearers, the, the, the recipients of his letter, beware lest that happen to you. Well, how can it happen? The Chaldeans are gone. Okay, so what was he talking about? In the same way that skeptics, and I'm gonna unpack this for you as well, in the same way that skeptics would have said that same thing about Paul, you know what skeptics would be saying today? D did you hear Pastor Robert's message? He must be out of his mind because there are no more demons. Because we think that they're gone. We think that they don't exist. But I'm trying to tell you, yes, there are. And you better beware. And the reason why is because they're trying to possess dwelling places that aren't their own. That aren't their own. That's you. That's you. I want to show you some things about Chaldeans representing demonic spirits. Number one, and here's the reason why you need to know these things. Because as you start to, as I told you earlier, as you start to, to understand this passage and the truth behind it in the spirit, you're going to start to recognize, hey, that's happened to me. And you may never have realized, you knew that something happened, but you didn't know what was behind it or why it was happening. So these are three truths that you're going to start to, if you haven't already got this grasp of this, because we talk about this sort of thing a lot around here in our, in our freedom ministries and, and, and different messages, you're going to start to get it now. But here's number one, they're thieves. They are thieves. Remember, verse six says they're trying to possess dwelling places that are not their own. You got to understand that Satan is a thief and he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Now, many times the Bible talks, when it talks about Satan, it's not actually referring to Satan himself, but it's referring to the works of Satan, not Satan himself. I told you this last week, and here's the reason why. Satan is not omnipresent. That word meaning always present means everywhere. God is, but Satan is not. He cannot be. He can only be one place at a time. But he does have a demonic horde that he gives assignment to. And I've heard people say, well, wait a minute, but, but Satan had a conversation with Jesus and he came after Jesus. So Satan, Satan does. Let me tell you something. I hate to burst your bubble, but, Satan, but Jesus warranted Satan's personal attention. You and I don't. You and I don't. So he sends a demonic horde after us. All I want you to simply understand is that Satan has this army of demons. It's referred to as the work of Satan. We see this in scripture. So let's, we're gonna go over to Psalms for a second. I'm gonna read Psalms 83 verses one through four and then I'm gonna move down to verse 12. It says, do not keep silent, O God. Do not hold your peace and do not be still, O God. Verse two, for behold, your enemies, that's a reference to demonic spirits, make a tumult for those who hate you have lifted up their head. Verse three, they have taken crafty counsel against your people. That's you and I, folks. 
and consulted together against your sheltered ones. That's what demons do. Remember, it was the same accusation that Satan made to God about Job, but you've got him sheltered. You're protecting him. Verse four, they have said, come and let us cut them off from being a nation. Remember, this passage is about demonic spirits conspiring together to cut you, God's people, off. You are their target. They're not after unsaved people. They're after you so you won't reach unsaved people. That's who they're after. Read uh, verse four again. Uh, they have come. They have said, "Come, let us cut them off from being a nation, that the name of Israel may be remembered no more." Do you think the enemy would like to sit there and say today, "Christians are gone. We don't even want them remembered anymore." We kind of see some things like that even in our media these days, don't we? There are people that want to silence the church. Who do you think is influencing that? Okay. So this isn't just olden day stuff. This is present. Now skip down to verse 12. Who said, let us take to ourselves, listen to this, houses of God in possession. They're trying to possess dwelling places that are not their own. Where do you and I know that the person of the Holy Spirit dwells today? Right here. Right here. They want that house. They want this. And I'm telling you, they're coming after you. Again, they're not coming after non-believers. They're coming after you to keep you from reaching them. And again, and I'm telling you, Chaldeans represent demons. So watch for the parallels as we continue to move on. The exhaustive dictionary in the Bible actually says Chaldeans, as this is the definition for, as it were, the root word means to lay waste, destroy, wanderer. That's the definition that it gives for Chaldeans. Now, I want you to watch what Jesus says about demons because you're gonna see the same language. When the unclean spirit has gone out of a person, it wanders. It wanders through waterless regions looking for a resting place, but it finds none. Then it says, I will return to my house from which I came When it comes, now I want you to watch for three very important things. It finds it empty, it finds it swept, and it finds it put in order. Then it goes and it brings along seven other spirits more evil than itself, and they enter and live there. And the last state of the person is worse than the first state. Notice how when demons come back the second time, it finds the house swept in order. But the key phrase here is it finds it empty. It finds it empty. And for any of us who've been in part of the body of Christ for any length of time, you can probably relate to this. How many times have you seen people that actually get saved, they get their act cleaned up, but they don't fill their house with the word of God? And so what happens is, and this is, very, this is so important, I'll tell you what happens here in just a second, but this is why it's so important for each one of us to do things such as not just attend reimagined church, but also to go through Catch the Vision, to, to become a member, to get involved, to volunteer, to actually get involved in groups such as Rooted, because in Rooted, you're going to start to help. It's a method, it's, it's a discipleship ministry that helps get the word of God in you and rooted in you. It's important for you to attend Battle Zone. 
because you're getting the truth of God's word in you. It's important for you to attend identity camp because it helps to dissuade the lies of the enemy about your identity because you're not created to be doers, you're created to just be. And when you learn how to be a son or a daughter, you'll start just naturally by your natural function, start to do the things the Lord wants you to do. But most people think, well, if I do these things, I can be a son or I can be a daughter. No, you can't. Jesus did all the doing to make that happen. This is another reason why you want to do things like going through mending the soul. Because again, we start to find the lies that have been, the seeds that have been planted, the lies that we believe, we start to unpack the lie, start to replace it with the truth. So these, these freedom classes, these discipleship classes are all the mode, they're all the means by which we get the truth of God's word in us. Some people say, well, all I've got to do is read your Bible. No, you don't. Because there's some things, for example, when you're reading Acts chapter 13 about the Chaldeans, unless you're studying and somebody's teaching you, you're probably not going to catch the fact that Paul is talking about demonic spirits coming after you. Discipleship classes help unpack some things you're not going to get simply from reading the scripture. Because you can read it, but some things have to be revealed to you, and they're going to be revealed to you through somebody who's walked that before you, somebody who's studied it before you, and you're going to say, hey, this is that. And you're going to go, oh, okay, I get it. Going through freedom ministries, such as I've, I've told you before here sometime around June, Julie and I are going to do that, that Friday, Saturday uh, freedom ministry called Kairos. That it's things like that that get the truth of God. It gets God's spirit in you. It gets his word in you. But these are the things that you need to do to fill your house so your house doesn't remain empty. You can clean it out. You can empty it, but you have to refill it. If you don't, demonic spirits are gonna come back and try to occupy that place. You may need to fill your house with God's word. Again, how many times have we seen people get saved? They do for a well, well for a while. We've all seen that, haven't we? And all of a sudden, they just go right back to the bondage and like a dog returns to its vomit. It's like nothing changed. And it's because they didn't replace it. They didn't replace the lie with the truth. And the reason why is because we're in a war. You might not realize, if you don't think you're in a war, you are so deceived. Because there's an enemy of your soul who wants to destroy you. So these wanderers, give you some information about Chaldeans here. I made a bunch of bullet points of things you'd probably be interested in. Chaldean, uh, Chaldea at the, end, at the time of the Old Testament uh, was never a large nation. It was actually about 40 square miles, um, or 40 miles wide rather. So basically it'd be equivalent to maybe the size of New Jersey. So most of us here can probably relate to that. Interestingly enough, they were never actually conquered by anybody until the time that they were actually destroyed. Nobody had ever conquered them. But God said, when my purpose is done with them, when I fulfill my purpose, I'm going to destroy them. So I'll, I'll just destroy them. And now think about Satan and demonic spirits because God does use them. He does use them. Throughout the Old Testament, we see God using them to cause his own children to cry out to him. And now, many times, we don't think we need God until we're in trouble. How many times have any of us think, I'm, you know, I'm skating right along, life is fine, and all of a sudden, 
where'd that come from? Oh God, we, we, we do the same thing. God does use them to accomplish his purpose. So here's some other things about Chaldeans. Uh, they actually are the ones that took over Babylon. They're the ones that conquered Babylon. Nebuchadnezzar was a Chaldean. He was a Chaldean. Uh, Chaldeans conquered Assyria and Babylon. By the way, you remember uh, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego? Those were actually Chaldean names. Their real names were Hananiah, Michael, and Azariah. But they were given these Chaldean names. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar, by the way, took two things that Satan is trying to still take today. He took two things. Because he's a thief and demons are thieves. Let me read this to you. In Daniel chapter one, we're gonna read the first five verses or so. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand with some of the articles of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar to the house of his God. And he brought the articles into the treasure house of his God. Then the king instructed, hard name, uh, the master of his eunuchs. <laughs> I'm not going to try to pronounce that to bring some of the children of Israel and some of the king's descendants and some of the nobles. Now here's verse four. And the young men in whom there was no blemish but good looking. I probably would have been taken. <laughs> Gifted in all wisdom, see? <laughs> Possessing knowledge and quick to understand... There you go, that's, that's, that's clearly me. Okay. Who had the ability to serve in the king's palace. In other words, the young future leaders. Again, I want you to think about our culture today. Think about what's happening. And whom they, and I want you to watch what they did, might teach the language and the literature of the Chaldeans. Verse five, and the king appointed for them a daily provision of the king's delicacies. You know why he did that? So that they would get in bondage to the lust of the flesh. And of the wine which he drank and three years of training for them so that at the end of that time they might serve before the king. Okay, so here's what they were trying to steal. The tithe and the next generation. That's what they were doing. Nebuchadnezzar did the same thing. He took the temple gold and silver from the temple that was dedicated and he took the future leaders. Exact same thing. Exact same thing. The enemy that then and now comes against these same three things. Same three things. What they put in their mind, that's the lust of the eyes. What they put in their body, the lust of the flesh, and what belongs to God, that's the pride of life, the tithe, the tithe. I'm, a, I'm gonna say something very strongly here and I want you to listen to this. But before I say something very strongly, let me qualify this. Um, over 90% of our people in this church tithe. That is amazing, that is huge. Most pastors would tell you they're probably hitting around 30%. I'm proud of you. 
So what I'm about to say is in no means a way of trying to manipulate you to do something different or something more. But I want you to catch the importance of this. But I'm going to say something very, very strongly for people who don't do this. Any person who doesn't tithe has got to be extremely arrogant. You've got to be arrogant. Because what you're saying is you can do it your way and not God's way. That's exactly what you're saying. And you have to be awfully arrogant to steal from him. I told you I'm going to say this strongly. But you've got to get this. You've got to get this. Because it's exactly what the enemy does. He's a thief. He's a thief. And again, I'm not trying to make any of you feel condemned or argue about tithing. What I'm trying to tell you is that that can be an open door into your life. No matter how many doors you close in your life, if you're not tithing, you're always going to have that open door to the enemy. It's really quiet in here because we typically don't think about that. Close all the open doors you want. Stop looking at pornography. Stop lying. Stop cheating on your spouse. Start forgiving people. You can do, stop all these things, all these vices. But that one, you're going to leave an open door into the enemy because you're stealing from God himself and you're doing the exact same thing that Nebuchadnezzar did and the Chaldeans did and that demons are trying to convince you to do now. You've got to, you please catch this. Let me ask you something. So just moving forward, can we, can we just agree that during this series, what we want to do is we want to kick squatters out of our house? Because here's the reason why. Demons are actually squatters. They're squatters. Um, they might initially move into your backyard, but at some point, they're going to move into the attic. And when, and when you, you think, well, they're in the attic... They're okay there because I haven't got to look at them. I haven't got to really feel the effects of me. You know, they're going to come down out of the attic. They're going to drop down that little staircase into your hallway. And then they're going to move into your bedroom where, where your intimacy with your spouse should be. They're going to move into your kitchen. They're going to move into your living room and probably manifest itself through the television, through all the garbage you're watching. And you're going to become more and more in the influence. You're going to start entertaining demons unaware in your own house. Because they're squatters. And they're looking to possess dwelling places that are not their own. And I'm not talking about your physical house. I'm talking about your spiritual house. That's the one you're concerned with. Yeah, they can come in your physical house as well. Easy enough to get rid of. But when you've been lied to and you've been under bondage for a long time, that doesn't necessarily get clear. You can clear them out really quick, but then you're going to have to go through a healing process, a transformation, a renewing of your mind to clean up things like mental, what's that term? Messes. Let me say it more clearly. Mental poo. Number two, they're vicious. Demons are vicious. Can you please hear me? Satan never has a merciful day. Not one. Not one. 
Habakkuk 1.7 says this, they are terrible and dreadful. Their judgment and their dignity proceed from themselves. Their horses are also swifter than leopards and more fierce than evening wolves. Their chargers charge ahead. Their cavalry comes from afar. They fly as the eagle that hastens to eat. They all come for violence. Their faces are set like the east wind. They gather captives like sand. Verse 27 talks about wolves. In Ezekiel 22, 27 says this, like wolves. Her princes in her midst are like wolves tearing the prey. So shed blood to, so shed blood to destroy people and to get dishonest gain. There it again, theft, stealing. Zephaniah 3, 3. Her princes in her midst are roaring lions. Her judges are evening wolves that leave not a bone Till morning. Let me tell you something. Demons feed at night. Demons attack at night. You wake up in the middle of the night. I'm sure everybody in this room can relate to this. At some point, you've woke up in the middle of the night. You try to get your thoughts start to try to go the wrong way, don't they? Am I am I right? Every one of us has had that experience. Why? Because you're tired, you're good chance if you're single, you're lonely, and in the middle of the night, you may be hungry. So they're gonna start to play with your mind to get you to start feeding on something you shouldn't feed. The best thing you can do when you go to sleep, just before you go to sleep, sleep is, is read your Bible and pray. So fill that house as fast as you can. Last night, Pastor Chris sent me a, a video. He likes to watch these Instagram videos. And he sent me this one, and I don't know who this person was, but it was like an 80s video, and this person was dressed up like they were on some other, like, I don't know, it was like a futuristic, like, wrapped in cellophane with high heel boots and this thing on their head, and they're singing this terrible song. It was bad. So I said, gee, thanks. Now I got that sound going through my head and I'm about to go into bed. <laughs> You're fired. <laughs> Bible, Chris, Bible, okay? So. If you don't, you're going to end up watching something you shouldn't. Okay. Point, point received. Acts 20, 29. For I know this, that after my departure, listen to this, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Let me ask you something. Do you really think he was talking about literal wolves? Of course not. He's talking about demons. He's talking about demons. He's talking about demonic spirits trying to come in and they're trying to come into the sheep fold. Here's a, a study on wolves, by the way, actually revealed this. I'm just gonna read this whole quote to you. It said, the Lord did not teach us about predators to teach us about animal control or children's fables. Wolves and sheep cannot coexist. When wolves appear, most casual and innocent, please hear this, even interesting to watch, 
They are studying you, sizing you up for the attack. The more indifferent they seem, the more serious the danger. They're preparing for the pack attack. The more comfortable they appear, the more deadly they are. They watch, they study, and they attack those who are on the fray. That's what they do. That's what they do. I've, I, I hear Christians all the time. Well, I have a relationship with the Lord. I, you know, I stay home. You know, I, I do my own Bible study. I have a relationship with the Lord. I really don't need the church. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Because you have demonic spirits that are looking to attack you. And when you're on the fray, you're out there on the outer edge because you think you don't need the rest of the fold, demons are watching you and they're studying you. They're studying you. And they're gonna pick you off because you think you're good all on your own. As a member of the kingdom, as one of the sheep in God's sheepfold, can I tell you something? If you find yourself, if I found myself on the fray, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna look at the rest of the, rest of the sheep, all congregating together, and I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna, oh, excuse me, excuse me, let me, excuse me, let me, sorry, excuse me, all right. I'm gonna get right into the center. I'm gonna get right into the center. I am not gonna find myself on the fray. Again, this is the reason why we do those other things I listed earlier. Because when you're involved in the body of Christ, you're not on the edge. And you're not on the edge because you don't think arrogantly to where you got it all done. You've figured it all out. The enemy doesn't ever let up on any of us. He has no mercy and when you're down and when you're at your weakest, he's gonna attack. Just like when he ran a sword through the baby boys in the time of Moses. He has no mercy. And if he's gonna drive a sword through baby boys, what do you think he's interested in doing to you? Point number three, they're cunning. They're cunning. Remember, it says they've taken crafty counsel against your people. The first Chaldeans, by the way, who ruled Babylon, the first Chaldean who ruled, uh, went in actually as a friend. He befriended him. They actually got really used to him. They got comfortable with him. And he wound up ruling for 10 years before the Assyrians found out about it. And they went in and they removed him. A few years later, the Chaldeans came back and they actually attacked and conquered Assyria and Babylon. And that's how Nebuchadnezzar became king in 605 BC. Don't befriend demonic spirits. Don't, you don't cozy up to them. And that's exactly what demons do to you. What they do is they just move in and they become your friend and they take over. And they whisper sweet nothings in your ear. Oh, you're okay. And by the way, they'll put their arm around you. Do you hear what the pastor said? He was talking about you. Did you hear what so-and-so said? They're out to get you. You know, you, you, know you, you know the word better than they do. 
And they got asked to be head of the children's department. And you put in all that effort. You went to Bible college. You know how to do ministry better. You know what this community needs. That's never going to work. Because you're smart and you got it together. They're going to befriend you. Those thoughts, start planting thoughts and seeds in your mind. And by the way, they're going to start bringing circles of people that are like-minded with them into your relationship. You're going to start finding allies really quickly. All of a sudden, all these people agree with me. I knew I had it right. This, Cal, this term Chaldean, this term is synonymous with astrologer, magician, and sorcerer. Things that scripture clearly tells us you do not admire and you do not dabble in. Because they are demonic at their core. Daniel 2.2 says this, Then the king gave the command to call the magicians, the astrologers, the sorcerers, and the Chaldeans to tell the king his dreams. Let me tell you something. Magicians distract you to deceive you. Sorcerers deceive you by actual spirits. And astrologers, they try to determine your future by what are events that are actually just natural and you don't have control over. That's what they're trying to do. And it's all a bunch of malarkey. Stay away from that. Stay away from it. God is the only one who determines your future. Sum it up. Demons, what do they do? They deceive, they distract, and they determine. That's exactly what they're trying to do. Habakkuk 1.15, they, that's the Chaldeans, take up all of them, that's men, with a hook. They catch them in their net and gather them in their dragnet. Verse 14 actually refers to men as fish. But they basically figure out the bait that you like and they dangle it right in front of your face. Because like wolves, they've been watching you and they've been studying you since the day you were born. They know you well. They know the bait that you like. Remember Jesus who was tempted with bread? Why? Because he was hungry. They knew he was hungry. Let's tempt him with bread. But it says, and it also says this, says, then they departed from him, or he departed from him until a more appropriate time. So just because you won the battle doesn't mean you've won the war yet. You have to be wise. Satan's always looking for another time. When, when he or she is physically weak, he's gonna attack. That's what he's looking for. They're cunning because they're studying you. Remember David and Bathsheba? They'd been studying him. You know what I think? I think his whole life, they've been studying him and they realize, hey, he's got an eye for good looking women. And I bet you he had the best looking women around him all the time, inadvertently. Inadvertently. Ephesians 6, 11 says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. This word wiles is actually a Greek word. It's called methodia. It's where we get our English word method and it means methods, schemes, or plots. The Bible, by the way, lists uh, demons into seven categories. And let me give them to you here. One is thrones. So when you, you're reading scripture, you'll understand this, what they're talking about. Thrones. 
lordships, rulers, authorities, principalities and powers, rulers of the darkness, evil and unclean spirits. Let me tell you something. That's a pretty impressive organization the enemy's running. Joel says they're an army. Here's what he's saying. They march in formation and they don't break ranks. We don't admire them, but we have got to understand the power that they have. You have to be wily to them. You need to make certain you understand what they're doing and how they attack. Daniel 7.25, this is referring to Satan. He shall, listen to this, wear out the saints of the Most High. Have any of you <laughs> ever felt spiritually just worn out? They'll wear you out. By the way, the Chaldeans uh, were the ones who actually wound up stealing from Job. And by the way, they were given permission. We're gonna talk about the next week in a message called Permission Granted. And we're, we're going to talk in this series more about how Satan gets permission to come in and steal from you. What, God gives Satan permission to do that? Uh-huh. Again, think Job, but I'm gonna show you some other stuff. And we're gonna talk about how to take that permission back. That's the important part. Not only have they been given permission to do that, how do we take the permission back and how do you and I close the doors? That's what this whole last series was leading into and what Identity Camp and what Mending the Soul and Rooted is all about. Eventually getting there, learning how to close the doors. We like to close doors to the enemy. Abraham, by the way, he was born in Chaldea and God called him out. And I want you to think about the type and shadow for Christians. When you, th when you think about, Chalde about Abraham, he's called out of Chaldea. He actually gives birth to the Jewish nation. And what happens? The Jews actually go right back into bondage under who? The Chaldeans. <laughs> History does repeat itself. So let me go ahead and, and wrap up with this. I'm gonna read a couple verses and make a statement here. First Peter 5, 8 says this, be sober, and this is what we're going to accomplish here in this series. You all are going to become sober. Be sober, then you're going to be vigilant. You all are going to learn how to be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Let me tell you something. By the way, roaring lions, you know why they roar? They don't have any teeth. They actually don't have any teeth. They roar to drive the victim to the pack. They corral them. Jesus pulled Satan's teeth. He pulled the teeth. And you and I are gonna learn how to walk in that. Revelation 5, 5 says this, the line of the tribe of Judah has prevailed. It don't get no better than that. Why don't you go and stand up with me? Wolves and sheep cannot coexist, but they can if there's a shepherd. They can if there's a shepherd. And what I'm trying to encourage all of you to do is always run to the shepherd. Always run to the shepherd. Why don't you just bow your heads and close your eyes with me. Heavenly Father,
your word says that who you've set free is free indeed. And when you set people free, you actually cut the shackles off. You, you release the trap. You remove the scales. You shed light on the lies and the deception. Father, I pray for everybody who's not just in this room, but watches later online. Lord, may this not just be a Sunday in which they plugged into YouTube and listened to the, the words or, or came to church and listened to the words and, and hopefully got out a few minutes early for whatever reason. Lord, I pray that everything that was spoken will start to root into the spiritual heart of every person in this room and it becomes a reality in their world. Father, I pray that their heart will so desire all of the abundance you have for them that they won't be able to concentrate on anything else until they feel like they've been satisfied and they've walked into the reality of who you are and what you've already provided for them. In the name of Jesus, I pray for blessing. I pray for freedom. I pray for clarity. I pray for their houses to be cleaned and, and emptied. And even starting right now, Father, that your word, the truth of your word starts to immediately fill their house to overflowing, where it's running out the doorways, it's coming through the windows, it's backing up to the top of the ceilings. Lord, may every bit of their spiritual house be so filled with you that there's no room ever again for any deceit, any lie, any bondage that can keep them from just soaking literally in the person of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I'm gonna ask the altar team people to come up front and make yourselves ready to pray with people. If you need, we're wrapping up the service now, so you're gonna be free to go here in just a second. But if you need prayer for anything, number one, <laughs> if you've never asked Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior, if you've never surrendered, surrendered your will and said, I wanna make you Lord, this is the time to do that. Or if you've done it, but you've walked away, Life is just taking you on a, your, another journey and you realize the Father's calling me home. I want to invite you, come up and let these people pray with you. We're not going to embarrass you. We're not going to have you announce your name, tell your story, none of that. That's not what we're here for right now. Those are, those are priority number one, number one. And if there's anything else you need, if there's physical healing that you need, Again, if you're needy, if it's financial, if it's marital, if it's just, you, there's a whole plethora of things you can possibly need. There is nothing, nothing that is not worthy of seeking prayer for and asking the Lord for direction. You might just be asking direction for a move. Come let somebody pray with you and agree with you on that. But don't leave without getting prayed for. That's why they're up here. Folks, have a blessed day. Couple things I wanna tell you really quick. April 1st, 
We're trying to get as many people we can here to clean the church inside and out. Guys, please step up to the plate, guys. Women are usually really good at it. Guys, it's more of a little task. So I'm asking you, come. Easter Sunday, invite, 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 invite. If you meet somebody and they're breathing, invite them. Okay? It's gonna be an amazing Sunday. You don't wanna miss that. One other thing, and I'm gonna let you go. Starting tomorrow, right here and Wednesday night, we have the chain breaker classes going on. If you haven't signed up, please do so today so we know who's coming. That's going to be a follow-up of these messages. You're gonna be talking about the details of them. No homework assignments for you. Just come in fellowship, get the word in you so that the truth can start to flow from you, okay? Folks, have a blessed day. I love you all. Thank you so much for joining us. We would like to ask you a simple question. What has God spoken to you today? And how would he have you respond? We would sure love to hear from you. You can reach out to us with your prayer requests, your comments, or your questions at reimaginepeople.com and by clicking the Connect tab. We would also like to invite you to join us again next week for another encouraging and inspirational message from Reimagine Church.